all of life is a gift. And that's what we're going to be talking about some this morning as we look at John 3, 22 through 31. But before we read the passage, I want to set it up with a story from when I was younger. And when I was younger, I did, I think, what most Colorado kids do, and that is I played soccer. I think it might be a state law or something. Everybody has to play soccer, right, for at least a year or two or whatever. I played soccer through elementary school and up to middle school. But when I was playing soccer, like usually happened, you know, you start out really young, and it's just kind of a clump of kids around the ball, right? Everybody, everybody experienced this moving around the field, this, this little huddle of kids, until the coach realizes that they're old enough to maybe start thinking about playing positions and kind of learning what that means. And when I reached that age, my position was to be a fullback or a defender, right? So I was by the goal and with the goalkeeper and the other fullback, who was my friend Teddy, next to me, and we would wait back there to defend the goal. Only problem was our team had a really good offense, and so the ball was normally on the other side of the field, which meant that we would either do one of two things. One, if we got really bored, we would start looking for bottle caps (laughs) on the ground, and we would look around and try to find bottle caps and pick them up, and we would learn which bottle caps were more rare than others. Okay, and we would, we would collect them, and when we found a really rare one, we would say, hey, Daddy, look what I found. And one time, the coach in the middle of the game looked over at us and yelled at us, what are you guys doing, digging for gold? Well, we didn't know that idiom. So we said, no, coach, it's bottle caps. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that we would do is every once in a while when we would get so antsy that we were wanting to be part of the action is we would run down the field and cross the center line and try to be part of the action along with the other people on the offense and the halfbacks. And you can imagine that what happened when we did that was what? All right, if the ball got past us, right, if the ball got past our offense, then there was nobody back there except for the goalie, and we often got scored on. And so then the coach would frown at us and say, you guys need to play your position. You need to stay back there. And well, something like that is what's going on in this passage in John as we look at Jesus' first time of of John mentioning him baptizing and really John's second testimony about Jesus. So attend, if you would, to the word of the Lord. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John was also baptizing at Anon near Salem. And because there were plenty of water, people were coming on and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given from heaven. 
You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all, and the one who is from earth belongs to earth and speaks as one from earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. And thus far, the word of the Lord. Thank you. Has anybody noticed me saying that? I'm in the weeks that I've been here. Um, that's because we believe um, that the preaching of the word of God um, is the word of God. And so after I read the scripture, by saying thus far, the word of the Lord, it's a reminder that what's to come after that um, is also the word of the Lord. And any of you who greet me when we're passing the peace and shake my very cold hands, it's because that whole idea scares me to death. Every single Sunday morning, the responsibility of doing that. But we, may we now together um, hear God's word um, as we explore um, this passage together. The first testimony that Jesus, that John gave about Jesus, if you'll remember um, a few weeks back, and if you weren't here, was what? Does anybody remember what John said about Jesus before this? Behold, or look, or see the Lamb of God who what? Who takes away the sin of the world. And we talked about that as being key in terms of what John not only is trying to say about Jesus, um, John the Baptist, but also John, um, the writer of his gospel. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of a little bit, right? who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, any barrier that there was to participating in the life of God has now been removed. And the life of faith is about participating in, being drawn into the very life of God itself. We are all called to participate, um, to play a role. And the fact that Jesus was the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, makes that possible for us to do. And just a little bit in John 4, when he continues to mention Jesus baptizing, it's almost as if he forgot to say something and then he sticks it in there. Oh, and by the way, it wasn't just Jesus who baptized, it was actually the disciples who baptized. In other words, from the get-go, Jesus was involving his disciples in his ministry and they were the ones who were baptizing. It's as if Jesus is about the work of cleansing the world, and he looks to you and hands you a sponge and says, wax on, wax off. Okay. He wants us to be involved 
in his work in the world and what he's doing. And that chance to participate is a gift. It's a gift. It's something that we have been given to do. I was asking Caleb the other day, what does it mean to receive a gift? And I often do that because my kids are wise and they help me (laughs) when I'm stuck with sermons. And Caleb said, basically, a gift means two things. One, it means you get something that you didn't have to pay for, (laughs) right? That you didn't have to work for. So it's something that, you know, you can kind of treat however you want because you didn't have to pay for it. But then as he thought about it more, he said, but somebody else had to work hard for it. Somebody else had to pay for it. And so maybe that should also inform how it is that you receive and treat that gift. Well, Jesus did the work and paid the price so that we could receive not only all of life, but what it is that he's given us to do. John knew and understood this, and so his testimony about Jesus includes his understanding of his role, of his position in what God was doing and what God was up to. And he says, when people come to him as disciples and they're like, John, aren't you concerned? Jesus is muscling in on your territory. He's doing the same thing it is that you were doing, and now all these people are starting to follow him. Aren't you worried that you're going to lose all your followers? Aren't you worried that you're going to end up with nothing to do? And John's response is, no. It is for that very reason that I was given what it is that I was given to do, to prepare the way and then to pass things on. And then to let Jesus take on what it is that I began, what it is that I started, what it is that I paved the way for. We, too, have been given roles to play. If only would we would receive them as a gift We need to know more and more what it is that we've been given to do. And in my experience, the exact same thing happens um, as happened when we were on the soccer field um, as a kid. Um, Too often we either think to ourselves, well, I don't really have much to offer. I'm just back here guarding a goal that nobody's ever going to come to, so I might as well start collecting bottle caps, and we check out. Or we get so caught up and distracted in doing other things that we don't ask ourselves, what is it, Lord, that you have given for me to do? Or, like John's disciples, we become too caught up in what's already happening and the good thing that's going on and or the good thing that's going on across the street or whatever it may be, and we think, oh, well, what about us? Everybody's going over there. What are we going to do when we begin to try to do something more than it is that we have actually been given to do? 
rather than less. And so my question for you, both individually and for us as a congregation this morning, is what have you been given to do? What have we been given to do? It's one of the things that I've been given to do, (laughs) is to help us figure that out more and more. How can we not do less than what we've been given, and how can we not try to do more than what we've been given? Because all of us have been given a role to play in Christ's redemptive work in the world. All of us have been called in different ways. And we need to not do less and not try to do more than we've been given. And there's all kinds of ways to begin to figure that out. People do things like take spiritual gift inventories. They look at their life experience. They take the Enneagram or whatever it is. And all of those things can be helpful. But in my experience, the only really effective way to do that is by trial and error, all right? You try something out, and God works in and through you, or you try something out, and the people around you say, "Uh, maybe don't do that again. And you begin to learn what role it is that God has for you. And so my prayer for us in the days and weeks and years ahead is that we will more and more become clear just what it is that God has been given us to do as a congregation, and what it is that he's given for you to do individually, and that we will grow into that more and more so that we can be as clear as John was. I can only do what I've been given from heaven, and this is what it is. And as I do it, and as we do it, we will grow into the fullness of what God has for us. And so may you not collect bottle caps, (laughs) and may you not run across the center line and leave the goal undefended, but may you know what God's role is for you and do what it is that you've been given from heaven. May it be so. Amen.